and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing. That's badass wood art in Eastside Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, remember to use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item at That's Badass Wood Art. And while you're here, hit the like and subscribe button. We're super close to 3,000 subscribers. And when we get there, we'll do a giveaway for a custom skull piece. Um, we got the whole crew here, all five of us, uh, Miles with the late surprise here to to join us and talk about the draft this weekend with the Vikings. So I'm just going to throw it right out to all of y'all and uh, you can take the lead on it. But uh, what did you think after the draft concluded? Were you satisfied with who we selected? Um, yeah, we'll just start there. Nobody. I'll go. You gotta start. Ask, you gotta start telling people, Matt, who, who you go. want to go. We got two uh, people here. I know. Like, I used to just be three of us. Yeah, no. I say, generally speaking, I'm like, I'm cool with the draft. Like, I think, like, a solid, like B, B plus ish is, is kind of where I would land with it. Um, I, I don't know. I find draft season to be funny, generally speaking, because like we all anchor on like these these rankings, these these like ratings for players that come out before the draft. And then like after the draft, we use those ratings to grade players, but like off, often the NFL like disagrees. Right. Mm-hmm. And those, ra- those ratings are made like generally speaking for like all teams and not specific to like what your team is doing and the fit and how those players are going to fit, like fit into the scheme and then get angry about like what happens in the draft. And like overall, like they did things that I think most of us here would want them to do. Like they went after important, high value positions in today's NFL. They went and bolstered the passing game. And we know passing is what you need to be able to do to win in the NFL. They attacked a weak league system, like, you know, cornerback DBs doubled up there to, to bring in versatile players. I think miles calls that called that out. You know, the last time we were on together, like that seems to be when we're thinking about DBs, one of the big things that they really love is players that can play inside, outside, uh, play in a lot of different positions, do a lot of different things. And that's something that seemed to carry on through this draft. You know, we can nitpick and, you know, they traded up for a defensive tackle that has horrible athletic testing and not a lot of great production. They seem to see something there that we don't. It's later in the draft. Like, if that's what we have to be upset about, you know, like, <laughs> and then they went and drafted Miles to play quarterback for us, which is also dope, you know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we got we got to love that. So, you know, how can you not love that? <laughs> How could you not love that? No, like all in all, they did. I think most of the things we'd like them to do, and then they did well with like with some of the undrafted. They well, they brought in undrafted free agents that I think people thought were going to be drafted or go way earlier yeah. in the process. So of course we love that. I mean, the NFL probably has some reasons that those folks didn't get drafted that we probably don't know about. But like overall, yeah, I think it was it was a good weekend for the Vikings. I think that's the funniest thing. It's just like obviously I did a ton of mock drafts, and we we all do it. Uh, but just how wrong we can be like <laughs> we were talking about uh, the linebacker pace in like the fifth round, the fourth round sometimes on this show. And he just goes undrafted. Now, thankfully, we still got him. But it's just just to your point, Jason, goes to show we we know nothing, nothing <laughs> compared to these NFL well, guys. And I think we, too, as fans, like people, whether you're tight, tight with the, like following the Vikings or not, like the casual or people that like do a little bit more work like like we do. So many times we focus on just like a handful of players in specific yeah. spots when the Vikings uh, board is so huge. Like yeah. they have 500 plus players on a board and we're only narrowing it down to like five or six players that each pick, And even sometimes less than that. 
And so the Vikings, when they take a player, we're like, why would they take that player? It's like, well, they've done an extensive amount of work on that specific player, and they've done that for 300-plus players across, the, across the, yeah. the draft. And so, like, when Jason talks about fit and, and need and those things, the Vikings, how they position their fit and need is different than how fans per- perceive that as well. And so um, I try to be a little bit more graceful with some of that because um, we don't know how they're talking and thinking about it. It doesn't mean they're right, but we also, like, it's hard to just, like, be like, oh, man, I'm right because I, I didn't like this player. It's like, well, you know, they have multiple people within their building that did for a variety of reasons. Yep. Like a J- and, and with example. And with yeah. way more, like, resources available to formulate exactly. that decision. So, like, going back to my Friday. You mean Friday YouTube isn't my, enough? Going back to my Friday <laughs> night, <laughs> right? <laughs> where I have watched like Makai Blackman twice, not even full game tapes of himself or watching other players. And I formulate a decision drunkenly of, of just like horrible. You were pick, drunk horrible on pick. No. Uh, and, and, hey, uh, hey, can I just and, say and so I just wanted quick? to hold on Matt one second. I I'm just joking. want to apologize to everyone here. Flip. I know you were on the show, Matt. Bro, it's Miles. called Vikings Happy Hour. It was Hour, great, right? dude. Yeah. I mean, Ryan. I'm fun with it, and that's what you do at Happy Hour, right? You get a little drunk, you you say stupid, you know, stuff. Normally, you get drunk at the Happy Hour, not heading into it. But you didn't, you didn't deserve that pick, Ryan. You didn't deserve the Vikings did not need to make you wait three hours, then make you wait another hour just to pick some guy you never heard of from the same school as a first round pick. Like, what type of scouting is that? Can you imagine being a Midwest scout and two days of the draft go by and they're just like, oh, we're just going to pick these SoCal boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and and the funny part about that is after that, I'm like, you know, I was probably too harsh on this kid. Let me go watch him. I go pull up one game tape, pass out about two minutes in. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I did I did take some time the next the next morning here on Saturday morning to go watch him. And, yeah, I mean, dude's a, dude's a player. Uh, again, I was – I was fixated on, you know, the 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 DTAC or DN, whatever you want to call him, from Northwestern, and the the cornerback from South Carolina, and and cornerback from Purdue, and heck, those guys went much later in the draft anyway, right? So it's like, you know, maybe my evaluation was wrong, which it's fine. Like, uh, you know, like you guys have said, they have a lot more resources available than I do. I'll have to move you, Miles, if you want to show off. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of just continue on the draft conversation day three, um, they went and got Jay Ward, uh, Jacqueline Roy, Jaron Hall and Dwayne McBride. Are you guys happy with those picks? Um, specifically Jaron Hall. Cause that's an interesting one. I think it's the quarterback. We knew we'd target one eventually. Um, but yeah, what are you guys? What are you guys thinking on on those picks? I mean, Sorry. first, first, I need first, Jaron Hall highlight that I went and saw. First clip, first video, fourth and five. No, Jaren fourth and Hall, eight. Wasn't it fourth and eight? It's fourth and five, but he throws for eight yards past the sticks. So I'm in. Even, I'm in. That's all. Even. I stopped. My film analysis was one play, and I'm in. So Perfect. that's it. I'm good. Don't need to see anything else. Flip, yeah, how, do you, I, how, 
I, I've been a fan of Jaron Hall for a little while now. Again, I was thinking later in the draft, like we got him in, right? Um, I know some people are advocating for him earlier. You know, I, I still thought I liked Dorian Thompson Robinson a bit better, but you know, he got taken a little bit earlier than. Well, than the Vikings might have got sniped. They might have got sniped from him too. You know, we don't know. And that's what I heard. I heard somebody on K Fan apparently was saying that uh, we traded up first, and then uh, who ended up taking him? I forget. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. So Cleveland mm-hmm. then jumped ahead of us or something like that. So, um, yeah, but I mean, Jaron Hall is still a good, good player. Uh, what I was happy about is we took him and not like Tanner McKee because Jaron Hall has athletic upside and worst case scenario, you have a guy with the tools and the traits versus hoping a statue quarterback can process the NFL well and, and, and navigate through that and become successful. It's harder, harder for that person to be successful than a guy like Jaron Hall, in my opinion. So I like the 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 bigger swing at that attempt, and hopefully it pays off. Flip, what do you think about Jaron Hall? I think it's a value pick. You know, you look at him, just where he went compared to all those other quarterbacks. You know, I thought, yeah, they did try to trade up, but they also traded back out of a range where they could guarantee a quarterback a specific quarterback. So it seems like they were like, you know what, as long as we get one of these three or four guys, we'll be happy. And it ends up being Jaron Hall. I think it's a great, great, like, like Ryan said, just great upside there and a project where they can go, you know, Kevin O'Connell, he don't have to develop his first quarterback as a head coach, you know, as a, you know, Caleb Williams, for example, like a top three pick, he can, you know, work through Jaron Hall, develop with him. And and Jaron Hall is not going to be the only person who benefits from that development. You know, I think our coaches will learn a lot about how to develop a modern quarterback more so than they've already done. I mean, I, was Kevin O'Connell even in, in Los Angeles with, uh, with Jared Goff? I'm not, I'm not sure. So any reps you can get, any new body you can get in the building, I think is great there. I think, uh, the McBride pick, also a great value pick where, you know, fills a need, but you're also like, you know, I, I don't think they were necessarily looking for running back there, but they saw the value of McBride and they see that in, in their scouting, they think there's solutions to his one knock, which is a pass catching ability. Um, that's what they were saying in the press conference. So really happy with those two last picks. The The earlier draft is, you know, I, I think they definitely keyed in on a bunch of players, which you don't really, we don't always think is great process. Um, like the trade up for Roy, uh, the Blackman pick. I think if they applied the same strategy there where you're like, you know what? We feel like there's a lot of good cornerbacks on the board. Let's go with the value option. Keep keep an extra pick in this draft um, to, to execute there. But Overall, you could see, you know, I, the last two picks in the draft may be the big two biggest steals. Yeah, I'm excited. We've we've been talking a while about just taking a running back later in the draft, especially with Cook's status. I mean, everyone's saying he's not going to be on the team, and I have to believe that. But yeah, adding another player to that to that running back room is is a is a great addition. Uh, Jason, before the show, you mentioned. Uh, Quasi's presser. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but what can you kind of break it down? Like, what did he talk about? I just thought some of the interesting things, like you know, we're talking about, like Dalvin, or and kind of what you know the McBride pick could mean mean for that. It was just how, like 
you know, continuing uh, one of the big, big takeaways there is kind of how he's talked about the, the, the hall pick and kind of how that's just another thing that adds to how they're thinking about the quarterback position. Um, and really, I think what I've enjoyed about, you know, obviously there's a lot of coach speak and double talk and like, they're not saying a lot, but like Quasi's really big on optionality. And that's something that we haven't had in the past for the Vikings. Like we've always through the last regime, like everyone knew what the first round pick was going to be because like, we always boxed ourselves in where we like didn't have options. Like we were in a place where like, we have to make this decision because the hole is just so glaringly obvious. Like that's just <laughs> what we have to do all the time. And, uh, Quasi seems to be very big on like having options and keeping them open uh, across the board. So like in the first round, like none of us were really sure, like people had preferences, like wide receiver was talked about, cornerback was talked about, like there were so many things thrown out there because there were options in the way the Vikings could go about it. They like really tried to bring in bodies at all the positions of need in free agency, even if they weren't great players, just people to fill the seat so that you could have options on where you went in the draft with that first round, depending on how things fell. And uh, kind of the way they were talking about Hall with like Kirk and like, hey, you know, maybe Hall develops. Maybe we go back to the table with Kirk, you know, maybe Kirk balls because of the, like just we have options. We have different ways that we can go to get this thing figured out. Um, and just that that way of thinking and strategy, strategizing and, and setting things up for yourself, I think, is just a smarter way of doing things. Even if at times like, you know, when the bullets are flying in the draft, there may be things here or there that we don't love about the process. It seems like big picture the way that they're moving is a very smart way to go about it. And then even like some of the things where like, I don't know, we're being, we're, we're, we're getting a little bit of heat on Twitter. Cause like our, our players didn't test great. Uh, even just some nods to the fact that like GPS data kind of told a bit of a different story on some of the guys there as well. Um, yeah. Those things are heartening to see that they're really pulling in for information from everywhere uh, and giving themselves options and not boxing themselves in, not getting too desperate. Um, where they just like they're they're forced to do something. So that was just for me the biggest takeaway. Yeah, and then uh, one of the other things too is just a, a going specifically to one of the players, um, Ward, where a lot of people are like kind of surprised by the pick, just given what was on the board, and then like we just took a cornerback earlier, and he was he was talking about in their process they had they had starter level level grades from multiple people at multiple positions, meaning. One scout said that he had a starter level grade at corner. One ha uh, had him at nickel. One had him at safety. One had him at box, right? Like all these different things. He's like, oh, when I have all these opinions coming in about this player that are varying, but also starter level, like, like value then and, and at multiple positions, like obviously we're going to fulfill a position and, and put him in a spot, but that, that just speaks volumes to the type of player he is, that if he can be that successful at three different positions, um, you know, then then he must be a quality, you know. At that's, what, that's what I was going to talk about, Ryan, is Ward is, was probably my favorite day three pick in a sense that he is that he's, he may not be great at any one thing, but when you look at teams that use depth and use guys uh, across the field, and especially in a Brian Flores defense, you having a guy that's playable, he might not be – Again, may not be really good or great at any one position, but he's playable and and can and can get on the field at multiple positions. That's so invaluable. So like even if his one overall PFF grade isn't the greatest across like his entire grade, he can do multiple things for a defense, and that in itself is so invaluable, especially with depth, especially as a rookie and a guy in his contract in a in a rookie mm -hmm. contract who, you know, if you need him to, to jump in and, and play box for a, a few snaps or a game. 
he could probably do that. He obviously has to learn the playbook, but like if he can, you need him to play nickel. You need, you know, you need to jump in and do that. He can do that as depth. You need him to play on the outside because you guys got hurt during a game. He can jump in in a pinch to do that type of thing um, and be a playable level player. And that type of thing is, it goes underrated. I know teams, they struggle with, oh, if we can't put one guy in one spot and he's not great in one spot, then he's not as, that's why Ward might be a fifth round pick instead of a third or a second because his one position isn't as great as like being good at multiple. But I think that just in itself is so invaluable for a team like this that likes to move guys around as much as Brian Flores is going to do. And so I think if he can pick up on the playbook, I think the level of play there is going to be good across what they ask him to do. And I, th- I think I did see, I mean, we're, we've been speaking about it all show and all off season, but I did see a quote, I think just within the last couple of days about Brian Flores, just wanting that versatility from his defenders, like even vocalizing it again. And so we're seeing it with some of those, those draft picks. Um, were you guys, I mean, it's undrafted free agents. Obviously, they're most likely not going to pan out. But uh, were there any undrafted free agents you guys particularly uh, liked that we got? Ryan, I'll start with you because you shook your head right away. And Miles, so yeah. to direct my questions to people. Sure. Yeah, I, I think there was um, a few that stood out to me, obviously. Uh, so obviously you already talked about Ivan Pace. We don't really need a deep dive into that. But just the fact that we did have a need at an additional depth at that position, his calling card is creating pressure and blitzing. And in, in a Brian Flores defense, you know, it makes sense that, you know, we'd be interested in him. I think he got knocked a bit just because he's not overly fast and he's not um, a very big guy. So uh, there are concerns about him probably being like an every down contributor, uh, but who knows? Like, you know, these are all just projections, right? And I, I liked what I saw on tape. I think he's a very disruptive player. Andre Carter, uh, the second from Army, he is another mm-hmm. guy, again, where – Athletic testing was probably wasn't the greatest, and this dude definitely needs to get into an NFL weight room. But the tools are there, and you're you're investing in the tools here. Um, he, I think he like led this the the NCAA in sacks last year, or like not this past season, but the season before. Um, where now teams started game planning a little bit more around him, so those stack numbers weren't quite as uh, significant this year, but. The upside's there. So now you're betting on the upside. You're betting on Flores to be able to take this guy and mold him. And, and then, again, our strength and conditioning team to be able to develop, um, you know, the more physical skill set there. Um, and then lastly, you know, I had to go to Crondon uh, from Oklahoma uh, and and the DB. He led uh, Oklahoma in, in interceptions um, this last year. He's a transfer. I forget from where. So he's not like a – like born and bred Oklahoma Sooners. So, you know, I'll take that from what it is, but uh, either way, I was, I was happy to bring in more or less bring in additional cornerback competition because I do think that that was something that we needed to do. We need to push these young talented guys up top. Um, Like even like Tay Gowan, he, he put out a tweet the other day, like, Hey, I'm not seeing my name mentioned when you guys talk about, you know, Viking corners, like he's got a little chip on his shoulder. I'm sure right now as well, but we need to bring in the competition to get the best out of all these guys. For sure. For sure. Any, uh, any final thoughts from the rest of you on just overall draft weekend? Um, and I, we'll do deeper dives on these players in in the future weeks to give a better analysis, but just initial reactions from you guys. Flip was right. 
is my initial reaction. <laughs> Over the years, Flip has been telling me, telling us, don't get overly invested in these players that you fall in love with in your mock drafts. And this is probably the yeah. first season, first 100%. year, that like I took a bit more of a step back from all that and just like was able to just sit back and enjoy it and not be disappointed because the Vikings didn't follow my imaginary advice in a game I was playing on the internet, picking players on a website. Uh, and so yeah, it just generally made the whole weekend a lot more fun for me. Uh, and like, yeah, it was almost like Christmas, you know, the Vikings pick mm -hmm. a player and then you get to go and like learn something about them. And of course yeah. the highlight reels make them look amazing. So it's oh, all yeah. good. Only watch the highlight reels. Disappointment of <laughs> that guy that I really like, they didn't pick him. So <laughs> Flip was right. That's, that's, that's my takeaway. They're all Vikings now. I think my big takeaway is uh, I've been looking at the 2024 defensive end free agent class every day this weekend because – I mean, we got Brian Burns, we got Chase Young, we got Nick Bosa, Josh Allen. Those guys probably won't be the ones we target, but I can almost guarantee we're going to have to make a big money free agent signing at the end of next year. Well, you're booking it early. Booking it. All right, all right. Miles, any, uh, any last thoughts from you? Yeah, I think there's – it's more – I like the process of the draft. I think we talked about that, but um, also just around the, there's some, still some uncertainty at a few, few spots for the Vikings coming out of the draft. Obviously with uh, Dalvin Cook and uh, Zadarius Smith, we don't know what the situation is going to be with for either of those guys. I mean, like you said earlier, Dalvin Cook, it's likely he's out, but we just, we don't know how that's going to play out. And mm -hmm. it didn't happen during the draft. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then obviously quarterback is another one. We like, they, they drafted Jaron Hall in the fifth, but, to act like he's the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins is just – it's way, way too early to even like – I don't even – the Vikings aren't even thinking that 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 way, right? Like they took him as a guy like, hey, we like what, what traits he has. Maybe maybe he could become something. But like they're not even thinking like heir apparent. So – because otherwise they'd, they'd come out and said something like that. So I wouldn't go down that path. I, but I do think there's, there's still that question around quarterback long-term. Um and then lastly, I think just like the cap situation for the Vikings, because they still have some needs. I, the Vikings are never going to be able to fill – and teams in general usually aren't going to be able to fill every need in an offseason, at least to the, to the degree where fans think they should. Um, like linebacker is one of those positions I always felt, hey, I think they brought in a guy like Troy Reader for depth. They brought um, uh, uh, Jordan, uh, uh, what's, uh, Jordan Hicks back. Like, yeah. I think that's fine. But, like, I think people were too over – they overreact too much to the fact that they didn't get enough depth there and stuff. But I mean, they like seemed like guys like Troy Dye and whatnot. So um, I just wouldn't overreact to some of the spots that the Vikings haven't been able to fill long-term because they don't have much cap space and there just isn't a lot um, to work with. You can't like make everybody happy. You can't make every position perfect. So um, I'm just excited to see how rookie mini camp and um, training camp as they get into the summer goes just because guys like Jordan Addison, Jaron Hall, um, Blackman. I, I'm excited to see how those guys are, like get fit into the defense. Jay Ward, how do they fit into the team? I should say, um, and how they look. And I'm always a sucker for like the rookie, uh, what numbers they're going to be. It, mm -hmm. it literally means nothing, but I like that stuff, like little things. Um, we still haven't seen like the Vikings free agents. What official numbers those guys are going to be too? So it's just fun to see some of those little things. Um, like I know Addison's going to be three, which is cool. I like that he gets to get that number, but. Um, Byron Murphy, is he going to get number seven? I think so, but 
I want someone to wear zero. Announced it. And yeah, who's going to be that that player? Someone's going to wear zero. So who's going to be that player for the Vikings? Ivan Pace. (laughs) When he makes the team. As a UDFA, he gets he gets to be the first guy to wear zero. Wow. (laughs) No, give it to Kirk. Make make Kirk put his number to zero. Imagine. (laughs) Oh man. Well, this was uh, this was a blast. We should do the five of us more often, especially when the season rolls around. Um, it's always fun chatting with you guys and, and hearing all the different perspectives. So, like I said, we'll probably do bigger analysis on each of these draft picks in the coming weeks between our shows. Uh, we'll look at some of the free agents that are still out there. And then the content won't stop through the summer. Uh, we'll have you covered here on Climbing the Pocket, Vikings Happy Hour, and the Final Score. So make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Keep coming back, keep commenting, and we'll try our best to respond to those comments. But until next time, Skull Vikings. Thank you.